Blog Talk Radio. Life's problems that may break or tear hearts apart. Well, reconnect my heart with God's answers to life's problems to reconnect our hearts back to the way He originally made us. I'm your host, Brother Pray. I'm so glad y'all are able to join us. If you have any questions, comments, or if you just want to listen to the show, feel free to call me at 516 453 9118. That's 516 453 www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash reconnect my heart. In case you're on social media, you can go to my website at brother prater, excuse me, at reconnectmyheart.com, reconnectmyheart.com, as well as on Facebook under brother prater and also on YouTube. I want to send a special hello to everyone who 
is uh, listening today. I thank you all for y'all continued prayers and support. Today being the this is the second Sunday, if I'm not mistaken, the second Sunday in August, and oh, gee, this is going by very fast. Um, I just have to share with y'all that it, it's it's really uh, interesting how fast this seems like the past two years have gone. Seems like during this pandemic, it seemed like the pandemic has caused things to go by so slow, but yet when we look at the days, it's going by kind of fast. But without further moment ado, on today's show, we're going to talk about work stress. We're going to talk about dealing with lazy. Let's, let's keep it real. Not just dealing with lazy folks. We're going to talk about dealing with some sorry folks at the workplace. We're going to talk about dealing with them and also dealing with certain problems and situations and most importantly, how to handle it. We're going to talk about them and much more in the episode called Warfare at the Workplace. Warfare at the Workplace. You know, I've been, I've been working. um, I think I started working when I was 15. When I was 15 years old, I I actually was working with, uh, my uncle, which is also um, my pastor, I think I started 15. Matter of fact, just thought about it. I was actually working um, with my dad. I forgot about that. I was working with my dad um, and my uncle at a gas station. And we were, myself and my cousin Tim, Tim Logan, we were uh, pumping gas for people. And we were even helping changing tires. Um, <laughs> little quick story. I end up... Um, there was a tire that was stolen um, April the 4th of 1984. I, I blame myself. I was, the reason why, I was the reason why someone stole a tire. We ended up having to pay for the tire. Um, it was $100. And um, my, my uncle uh, wanted 50-50 from, from the both of us, but my cousin paid 75 excuse me, 75 and I ended up paying 25 and I ended up paying him back about five years ago. <laughs> so there was that, but, um, you know, when you look at the workplace, those that are working, if you really look at it, we spend the majority of our waking hours at work. Most of us work eight hours. Some folks work 10 hours, 12 hours. We spend a lot of our time, a lot of our energy, a lot of our blood, sweat, and tears at work. And you'd be surprised what people deal with at work. When we are at work, it really takes a toll on us when we have sometimes a hostile environment, a stressful environment. And, you know, I found that it's the environment uh, is one thing. You know, you can deal with any type of environment at work. But the determining factor a lot of time is not so much of the environment. It's so much of who you work with. You know, and I'll be real, uh, some some of the people that know me, me working in um, law enforcement, I tell people a lot of time it ain't the inmates that's the problem. Sometimes it's the coworkers, <laughs> you know. And, you know, when you look at it, that could be any job. Sometimes you could be the best worker, and sometimes you may deal with some people that are just headaches. 
And so when you look at it, there is no quote unquote perfect job, so to speak, unless you become self-employed. And even when you are self-employed, sometimes you have to deal with um, legislations and the laws and bylaws and, you know, all these things. And, you know, it's like, man, you know, where does the pressure stop? But I found out one of the things that will help us, even in the midst of the environment or even the coworkers, one of the things we have to do, we have to look at everything in its perspective and place it in the proper perspective and not allow it to get to us. That's one of the things that we have to do. Because if you really think about it, some people at work, they will take you out. They will cause you to be so stressed that you end up killing yourself. And not I'm not talking about just suicide. I'm talking about really just allow yourself to be so stressed that you end up short, shortening your life, shortening your health, and that's not the intent that God has for us. So when we look at it, even in what we're doing a lot of times, true enough, there may be things that we may be dealing with. Sometimes those that are the best workers deal with the, the most headaches. Sometimes the best workers are the ones that are reliable, and the supervisors will know, you know what, if I rely upon this person, I know I will get the job done. And sometimes those that will do the job and do it right, those are the ones that have extra work upon them. Sometimes the supervisors, they see that lazy person, and that person could be doing nothing. But the person that's effective in their job, dependable, reliable, the supervisor is the one that goes to them. And sometimes it seems like it's unfair, if you be real with it. Sometimes it seems like, man, you know, that supervisor see that person ain't doing anything. Why they don't go deal with that person? Why they got to throw their work on me? And I know a lot of times when we look at that, when we look at it from a, a better perspective, it's a responsibility that the supervisor has entrusted within us and eventually it will pay off eventually now true enough like i said there are some of the things pertaining to the co-workers there are some of the things that sometimes we may deal with lazy co-workers sometimes we may deal with jealous co-workers i found out that a lot of times there are people that are fighting for positions and you may not be even thinking about you know you just think about just doing your job that's what you got hired for. A lot of things, I think a lot of times people have lost focus on why they are hired. Some people, some people are cutthroat. Some people are so conniving. Some people, they don't get ahead on their own merit. So what do they do? They try to underhand. They try to sabotage other people's work to make their work look good, look effective. And so the thing that we have to think about, what do we do when we have warfare? Think about it, spiritual warfare at the workplace. We understand that in the Bible it tells us we're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but against spirits and principality, wickedness in high places. And so that's something we have to think about. We have to get that in tune first. This is a spiritual matter. 
And if you deal with a spiritual matter, you can't deal with it in a physical matter. Because I'm telling you, you end up trying to take matters into your own hands in the physical, you may end up getting arrested or going to jail. <laughs> but we can't do that. So first of all, understand, at the workplace, the first thing you have to recognize, you have to recognize that you are on an assignment from God. Now, first of all, I want to say this. First, you being a child of God, this is for those who are saved, except that Jesus Christ is their personal Savior. But also, look at your job. We're not talking about somebody that's working at the strip club. No, it ain't. That ain't your assignment. That's not the place that God has for you. No. And I will say this. I had this encounter a couple of years ago, and there was a young man that had a questionable job, and he was concerned. He wasn't for sure if that was the job that God had for him. And so what happened, I said, you know what? Let's touch and agree. If this is the place that God has for you, hey, look here. God will give you peace, and God will work everything out. But if this is not the job that God has for you, then God going to lead you to a place where you need to be at and compensate you to let you know, hey, look, this is where I need for you to be at. And I guarantee you, within a couple of weeks, he told me, you know what? I'm glad that I gave that to God because that job that he was kind of questioning about because he was kind of um, morally, you know, concerned, should he be there or not? And so a couple of weeks later, provided a way for him to get out that job and get a job that's going to pay him beyond what he received at that other job. So I'll tell you, just in case you may be questioning or wondering, hey, God can open up the door for you. So with that, understanding where you at right now, look at that as, hmm, this may be the assignment that God has for me. Understand, I want to I want to make sure that um I was trying to I was trying to pull up uh, my notes on my tablet and right when I pull up my tablet instead of it being a hundred percent it ended up going down to eleven percent and then ten percent. But thank God for technology because there's a ram in the bush. I got my phone with me. You know, one of the things I found out at the workplace. We mentioned earlier how a lot of time many people spend their waking hours at the workplace. We spend the majority of our time dealing with our coworkers more than our family. Think about it. I, I remember um, there was uh, we call it one of our play aunts, um, Lorenzo told uh, Sister Minnie Davenport. She had retired from TI years ago, and you know, I was listening to her coworker speaking where uh, she was at her job maybe 40 years or something like that, over 40 years. And people that have that kind of time invested at the workplace, they see, you know, the coworkers see different phases of a person's life. You know, uh, when a person is, you know, let's say when a person coming out of school, high school, when a person going off to college, when a person uh end up dating, end up getting married, start having kids, all these things, we begin to see people grow up in front of our eyes. And so a lot like I said, a lot of time we spend the majority of our time 
at work or with our coworkers, and we begin to start having a rapport with them. And so, like I said, when you go to work, hey, sometimes there may be problems or conflict, not just amongst, you know, everybody, but, you know, there may be a a fellowship or a good working relationship that you may have with a coworker or people or even supervisors. So, like I said, at the workplace, it says so much. And like I said, we spend a lot of our time, sometimes, and I know me, I've been guilty of it also, still guilty of it sometimes. Sometimes we mentally or emotionally take our work home with us. You know, I, I would tease my supervisor sometimes. I might be thinking about something, something may hit me, like, oh, I need to tell him where instead of me waiting until the next day when I get to work, sometimes I text him, you know, while I'm at the house with him right there, you know, and I apologize. Hey, Sarge, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to uh, talk about work off the clock, but blah, 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 you know. So, but sometimes we may do that. Some people may not do that. But, you know, I know I'm one of the ones I always think about, okay, let's, Lord, help me to be able to do this for this week and that way that week or whatever there's you know based upon what type of job that you have there may be certain things that you may have to plan for there may be things that you know you try to prep for so you know that's just that's just the way life feels you know just being able to just prepare and of course you know i know we can easily say you know looking at it well you know uh no one knows what tomorrow holds but God, yeah that's that's true that's fine and dandy but also, God does want us to prepare, you know, even if you don't physically make it there, even if someone has to take in the slack of what you're supposed to be doing, regardless if you're sick or whatever, you know, have things in place where people can do your job. So that's something that, you know, I know a lot of times people um, make it so spiritual, so to speak, that we end up using, uh, not using, playing our common sense. So the main thing of it is, is planning and pre-planning. So that's something that we have to do and be aware of. And one of the things I found out, you know, in part of the thing that makes things stressful at the workplace is a sense of feeling powerless a sense of feeling powerless at the workplace. You know, that's one of the major uh, source of stress at work. One of the things, now I say this as a joke or whatever, but one of the things I always tell people, when we at work, remember this, if you want to be stress-free at work, I tell people, if you want to be stress-free at work, remember this, unless you're the supervisor or unless you're the owner, Remember this, if you want to keep yourself stress-free, remember that they only hide you from the neck down. You feel like like they would say the rock on the wrestling. It doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what you feel. Just do the job and chill. When I say chill, that means not let it get to you. Do the job. I found out when you do as told, hey, you know what? Do as told. That way, if anything happens, say, hey, I was ordered, I was instructed by blah, 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 supervisor or whatever. But 
the main thing we have to remember, being able to be aware that be aware of you have power, you have authority, and the main authority that you have is over yourself. One of the things we have to remember is being able to be aware, not just of our our ability, but also our rights. You have rights. You have rights. A lot of times people go to a job, get hired, fill out the paperwork, and don't even read the documents. Those are legal binding contracts. Just like you hired to do a service to them, you have rights. Now, I did mention, you know, we on, we hired from the deck down. That's fine and dandy. I say that for us to not allow ourselves to be so, uh, make us feel that we're not valuable with our input. I say that, you know, as as to keep ourselves being human, so to speak. But when you look at it, you do have a right. You have a voice. You have to be aware of your rights. If you're not aware of your rights, then of course you're going to feel powerless. And even if it may be a supervisor, it may even be another coworker, some may know their rights or may even know your rights, they may say things to manipulate or to uh, twist what your rights are. And because you don't know your rights, they will tell you something to make you feel powerless or make you feel that your voice or your work is not valid. But you know who fault that is? That's not the coworkers. That's not the supervisors. It's yours. Remember, People not gonna hold. People not gonna make us learn the rights that we have. One of the things that they always say: if you want to hide information from some people or certain people, write it down, put it in a book. Most of us, we're not literate. We don't read what our rights are. Most of us, we wait for somebody to tell us what our rights are, and it's not even documented. So we have a responsibility at the workplace. And at the workplace, our responsibility is not just to perform or do the work, but also it's for us to know our rights, know our stands, know our stands, and make sure that we do what we're hired to do. And it's not just to show up. Some people, they show up for work and don't produce any work at all. But also in the same token, it's not just to work, but also it's attitude. You know, I tell people attitude goes a long way. You know, I was blessed uh, years ago when I was when I was a kid. I was working at the grocery store, and there was a young man that came up to me, and I really, I really wasn't the ones that would uh, talk unless I was sacking or. Um, second grocery or checking people, I believe in being respectful. And this was something this young man said, I will never forget it. I might have been I might have been maybe eighteen. And this young seventeen or eighteen and there was this man that came up, never forget there was a young man that came up that was a car salesman, but also I believe he was a deacon at his church and he was well he was about my, my father's age, 
tall young man. And he began to talk to me. And I said, yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I've seen him uh, in the store several times. And he said, you know what? He said, um, I like you. He said, I want you to do me a favor. I said, yes, sir. He said, I want you to keep yourself for one of my daughters. I want you to marry one of my daughters. And I was like, wow, thanks. I said all that to say this. Years later, when I when I thought about it, that man said that. I mean, to me, it blew my mind because when you really think about it, for a father to say that to someone that he, you know, observed at work or whatever like that, that may be picking a potential husband or boyfriend for his daughter, that means I was like, wow, I didn't understand the magnitude of that until I became an adult or when I got older. And I was like, wow, you know, but the thing was, he saw something in me that I didn't even see in myself. And I appreciate that. That meant a whole lot. Matter of fact, if I see him right now, I will go up there to him and remind him of that and just tell him thank you because that always made me see myself as I have to be, I have to be uh, presentable always, especially at the workplace because you never know who may be watching you. And so I said all that to say this, even when it comes down to problems or situations at the workplace, you'll be surprised who may be watching you to see how you're going to respond. One of the things I found out as a believer, many times we talk a good game. There may be people, you have it at work, that talk about, oh, bless the Lord. I want you, I want to invite you to my church. They say they're the Bible-toting people. Say, uh, uh, praise the Lord and this and this and that. They'll verbally say that. But you look at their work performance, they're always late. They take, instead of a 30-minute 30, a 30 lunch, they take an hour and 30 minutes, two hours. They Some of the ones that end up gossiping at work, there's some of the hell raises at work, they'll say all these things. And it's their, their, their work their work ethics, their attitude, ain't even in a position to glorify God. So they they badly representing Christ. But yet still, they be the main ones, like I said, tell you, hey, I want you to come to my church. And you're like, uh-uh. <laughs> you know, so the thing is, remember, people are watching you. People are watching us. And so even when we deal with people like that at work, what happened is people are looking for help, and they already see a bad representative of someone that's supposed to be a Christian. But even if they see someone that may be a, a, a bad representative of Christ, you may be there to represent the proper way of how a believer is supposed to conduct themselves. One of the things I found out, character is displayed sometimes under pressure. Character is displayed sometimes within conflict. But also relationships are revealed or built or established within conflict. And that conflict don't have to be amongst each other. That conflict can be pertaining to the environment at work. 
while this person that worked with you is ready to quit, ready to cuss out the supervisor, cuss out the coworkers, but you may be there to say, you know what, wait, wait, wait. Oh, no, 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 we're not going to behave that way. What are we going to do? We're going to pray about this. We're going to pray about this. We're going we're gonna to let God deal with them. And you know what? We're going to do our job. We're going to do our job in spite of great opportunity for us to minister to help. So for us to understand that, because at the workplace, at the workplace, it's easy for us to tell people how good God is. But at the workplace, is a great opportunity to show people how good God is, but most importantly, who God is. You might be the one that may be sent there to show people, to lead people, not just lead people to Christ, but understand who Christ really is. That real, that real Christian that's going to show people how believers are supposed to conduct themselves. Um, actually, on the CBC, this is a, I found this on the CBC website. Under the CB, in the CBC website, it's the National Institution of Occupational Safety and Health, or the initials are N-I-O-S-8. It tells us, it's funny because most of the time when we think about the CBC, we think about the coronavirus and all this stuff. But when you look at it, the CBC is telling a whole lot of stuff, even pertaining to work, stress, even the effects of work-related stress. It tells us something. I wanted to make sure I mentioned that website. Uh, like I said, it's the CBC. And then when you go under it, you'll see uh, the initial look up N-I-O-S-K. One of the things that they talk about over time, over time or repeatedly, chronic work stress can lead to a philosophical syndrome called, you ready, burnout. <laughs> burnout. There are many people that may be burnout, and some of the warning signs of burnout, excuse me, or uh, feeling overwhelmed, exhausted, um, a sense of ineffectiveness, uh, work-related stressors are closely uh, linked to, with burnout, uh, examples of um, having too much work or too little independence, uh, feeling inadequate or inadequate pay, uh, a lack of community between coworkers, also unfairness, and also disrespect. I, I do have to mention this because this is something I found out a couple of years ago and I blew my mind. Even when you look at the um, unfairness at work, I did not know that this was related to work pertaining to injustice, but this thing, this thing called sexual harassment. Now, when you hear sexual harassment, we will oftentimes think about, oh, someone is making any sexual advancement. That's what I would, That's what I used to think. But I found out sexual harassment is covered under any type of harassment, retaliation, and it doesn't have to be anything, quote, unquote, sexual or some type of sexual advance. The key thing is that's under the umbrella. So like I said, you have rights 
that will cover you, but unless you know your rights, people are not going to, like I said, people are not going to tell you what your rights are. So you have to understand it yourself so that way it can be established because people are not going to tell you what the boundaries that you have. Some people will try to walk over you, use you, and all that stuff. And think about this. That old saying, knowledge is power. But also on the same token, it does tell us in the Bible, it tells us my people perish for the lack of knowledge. And you can take that spiritually or you can take it in a secular sense, spiritual sense or secular sense. You have to understand, you have to know, because like I said, it's your responsibility to understand your rights. So even when it comes down to dealing with people at work, Understand, matter of fact, I say this, no, here it is, right here. Even at work, don't you know, of course, supervisors can write you up. Supervisors can write you up or reprimand you because you did not do a certain thing or you did do something you weren't supposed to do. Either you did something you weren't supposed to do or you didn't do something that you were supposed to do. So sometimes they may reprimand you. But just like they have the ability to do to do that towards you. But also on the same token, if you know your rights, if you know your rights, the supervisor aren't the only one that can reprimand someone. One of the things I always tell people, the pen push it both ways. Just like they can write you up, you can write them up. And it can be anybody. But a lot of times what happens because we don't know our rights we allow people to use and abuse their over us, even if they don't have any power over us. You know, I had, matter of fact, um, we have to be aware because there are some people, look here, I don't care what job that you have, there are some people that would try to get over on you. I had this happen to me um, years ago when I was at work. I had this person I'm not going to call his name, and I, I, had, I had to be aware, I had to be aware of who I was dealing with. This person tried to get me fired. This person tried to have me removed from a particular floor because they were trying to do some injustice towards some inmates. And I, I didn't know anything about it, but because I was the person that did not go along with what they were doing, what they did was they went to the supervisor without me even knowing. They went to the supervisor and they told the supervisor that I had problems at home. And so the supervisor, they told that supervisor that I was having problems, so I may need to be removed or I may need to, uh, you know, have some days off or whatever like that. And I found that the supervisor called me in, called me to the office and told me, hey, uh, how's everything going? How's that? Everything's going good, you know. He asked me a couple of questions. I'm like, I said, no. And all of a sudden, God just began to start telling me everything that was going on. And everything that God showed me, come to find out that's what happened. And so one of the things I often tell people, and I learned from this, when you are promoting what's right and also what's righteous in whatever that you are, Whatever job that you have, there's going to be some people that's going to that's going to be used by the devil to try to discredit your character and your work ethic. So when you deal with people like that, 
the one of the main things you have to do, you have to make sure that you document everything. Anything that you're involved in, make sure you document everything. Make sure you document everything. I'm going to kind of skip over some notes but because I, I want to get to some, some key points. We have to know our rights. We have to document everything. When we document everything, that means document with date, with time, the scene, and if there were witnesses. We have to document everything. We can't get complacent on our job. We can't get complacent. I'm telling you, there are people, I don't care how great of a worker that you are, you can be flawless, but there will be some people that won't like you, not because of what you do, not just because of who you are, but also it really says who they're not. So what we have to do, we can't take it personal when people don't like us. Listen, you have to be okay with people not liking you. Now, that might be a wake-up call for some people, but you got to understand, first of all, you got an enemy, the devil. And a lot of times there are people, well, I ain't never did anything. So what? You don't have to do anything for the devil to like the, for the devil to not like you. So if you don't have to do anything for the devil to not like you, then you don't have to do anything to have the devil to use someone that won't like you. So what you have to do is don't take it personal. Don't take it personal. Understand, you're not there to make friends. You're there for a check. And not just getting a check and doing nothing, but do the best of your ability. One of the things I always think about, even in the Bible, it tells us, do everything unto God. Now, true enough, you may be having an unsaved supervisor, but you still Give him that respect of him being your supervisor. And I do know some people, they say, well, you know, respect got to be earned. Respect got to be earned. Respect does not have to be earned. Respect is given for free. Now, where we mess up at, we try to make earn our respect, but we give people our trust for free. Understand, when it comes down to your job, you give them your utmost respect regardless if they earned it or not. Now, you may not trust them, and that's okay. You're not there to trust them. You're not there to be friends. You're there to do a job. You're there to do a job. Now, I'm not saying, you know, a matter of fact, some years ago we dealt with a coworker, and we said, hey, how you doing? That person wouldn't say anything, and they're supposed to be a Christian. They, they, they were saying they were a Christian. But anyway, Hey, hi, hey, how you doing? How's your day going? Mm. Uh, I don't talk about my personal, my personal life. It sucks. All right, cool. You know, hey, I was just being courteous. But hey, you know what? There may be people that act like that. That's cool. That's cool. The main thing is you understand who you're dealing with. That's something we have to do for us to be able to not allow ourselves to be stressed and worked out at work. And you can use this principle at work, off the clock, on the clock, at home, in your life, in your family. Understand who you're dealing with. When you understand who you're dealing with and accept that's who they are, 
then that's going to relieve a lot of press and stress off of you. But as long as you are in denial of who they are, you will not be happy with who you are. Why? Because you can always try to appease them and change them, and it's not your responsibility to change them. It's your responsibility to be obedient to God and lead them up to God, not you. So we have to understand who we're dealing with. If we understand who we're dealing with, that's half of the problem right there. It's just like a person that say, well, I need help, but they will never acknowledge what their issue is or admit that they need help. We know that they need help, and everybody else saying that they need help, but until they confess it themselves, they won't get the help. And so that's the same way in reverse how we have to be able to accept that's how a person really is. We got to accept that's who they are. We may not like it, but understand who you're dealing with. And if you understand who you're dealing with, hey, now you have something to give to God and ask God, to help you because I'm going to tell you something. What we have to understand, and this is a little side note, the prayers that we give to God concerning other people is not really for other people. It's for us. It's for us concerning other people. What do I mean? I can pray for God, for God to touch them to change and all that stuff. But if they don't want to change, God's not going to go against their will. So that prayer is actually, God, if they choose to change, thank the Lord. Thank you, Lord. But if they choose not to change, help me to be able to be aware and deal with them accordingly. That's what we have to understand. So many people, they get frustrated because it seems like our prayers are not working because that person hadn't changed yet. Well, understand, even though you're speaking it, about a person, but that prayer is actually concerning you because you can't change anybody. The only person you can change is yourself. You can't change other people. Understand when you're praying about a particular situation or an individual, don't focus so much on what they're doing. Focus on what your response is going to do in spite of what they're doing. That's what we have to understand. Because you know what? How are we going to know that God can do any and everything if we flying off the handle because we don't see any change within them? But what happened in spite of how they act? What happened if even if they act in a plum nut, but it no longer affects us, it no longer bothers us? We have thick skin now. Well, it used to rub us the wrong way. Well, it used to make us react or respond. In the, hey, there's no more response. Hey, I, you know what? I remember I used to cuss you out when you used to do that, but now I just laugh. It don't bother me. See, now God, God dealt with who? Dealt with you in spite of them not changing. That's what we have to do. We have to pray even though it's good for us to pray for other people, but we got to pray for ourselves. That's what we fail to do a lot of times. So when it boils down to it, asking God, God, help, look here, help me in spite of what they're doing or what they're not doing. But also, like I said, we don't just place, and I'll also propagate, I do have to say this, I was trying to read my handwriting. I had mentioned 
we document everything, and that's with the dates, the time, even with the witnesses. But also, one of the things I would advise people, please, 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 don't put all your business on Facebook. Excuse me, social media. Don't put all your business on social media, even if you have problems at work. Why do I say that? Because let's just say you may have a legitimate thing, but you're putting everything on social media. And what happened when the company or supervision looks at it, what happened, even though that person might have been a problem, but because now you have put the company business on social media, what happened is now you're like, they may look like, well, you know what? We wanted to keep this in-house. We didn't want we didn't want the public to know what was all going on. But now this person, you know, said everything, said the people's names and, you know, what happened, what happened, what's going on. Now they end up looking at the company, but also people looking at you, even though it happened to you. But we have to be able to do it the right way. I always tell people, handle things the legal way. Because in the Bible, it tells us you don't want your good to be evil spoken of. So even though now that person was a problem, but now they may look at you as a potential. Well, you know what? This person is this person right here, even though it happened to them, but this person is not handling it right or properly. You know, this person part of the solution. They not even though this person is not part of the problem, but they're also not part of the solution. And so what happened, they may look at you as a quote unquote, well, you know, you're you a risk pertaining to the company. So that's something to consider. Because remember, when we are hired on, we represent that company. And so we they even though we're hired on and we're being paid, but also they look and see can you represent? Can you represent the company? And not just on the clock, but even off the clock. And in some people, it may seem unfair, but sometimes in certain jobs, hey, it comes to the territory. You know, um, there are some companies, let's just say this person, a model citizen, whatever, but then all of a sudden they end up going to the strip club or going to a bar and getting sloppy drunk and getting pulled over for DWI, you know, several times and stuff. You know, they're going to look at, well, you know what, huh? You you misrepresenting the company. Fortunately, we have to let you go. Matter of fact, I do have to say this. Uh, there was a young man that was an inmate years ago, and um, he worked for a bus company. I just say that he worked for a bus company, but he ended up dating this girl, and he ended up breaking up with her. Well, unfortunately, after he broke up with her, and she couldn't handle it. What would happen? She would call his job, call his supervisor, say, he ain't at work. He at my house and call the police and all that stuff. I mean, harassing. She was harassing. Harass- he ended up going to jail several times. And eventually, what happened? They let him go. Not because of what he did, but he was he was a high-risk not just because of who he was, that wasn't a problem, but the company or the choice that he will make it off the clock. 
That's something to think about. Never forget. Um, you know, it happened to him. I remember seeing him in jail several times throughout the years. And so one day I was in the hallway leaving work and I saw him. He wasn't in jail, but he was in the hallway. He said, Hey, Prater, how you doing, man? Um, I'm having the media, the media there getting ready to interview him because of the problems that he was dealing with pertaining to this girl. And as he's talking to me, you know what happened? The police came and said, hey, uh, we have a warrant up your arrest. He said, pray to see? I was like, wow. But after he made it known and dealing with the uh, news media and stuff, I hadn't seen him in jail uh, since. So that just lets you know it's the people that we also choose. You know, um, one of the things that we always heard, sometimes we can be guilty by association. Who are we choosing as our friends? Who are we choosing? And also, I mean, I'm going to say it. There, is, there are some people in our life we can't help. There are some people, you know there are people that are not of good ethics. I'll say it that way. You know, you can have, well, you know, I just love helping people. Yeah, but you know what? You got to use wisdom. You have to use wisdom in who you're dealing with. So we have to understand not to put our business out, you know, and understand that you represent, number one, you represent Christ. You represent your family. But also, you represent where you work at. We have to understand that. We represent Christ. You represent your family. You represent your church, <laughs> and also you represent where you work at. That's something for us to remember. Also, I had mentioned we have to be in prayer at all times. Like I said, men ought to always pray and not faint or not lose heart, not get discouraged. We have to be in prayer mode at all times. Also, one of the things that we have to do, when we are working, when we're dealing with uh, sometimes a hostile environment, we can't lose focus on our assignment. We cannot lose focus on our assignment. You don't have to do your job. Find out what your job is. Find out what your job ain't. Excuse me. Find out what your job is and find out what it ain't. And do it. Stay focused on your assignment. These are a couple of things that I have to I have to bring up when I even when I brought up um uh don't lose focus on your assignment. You're not there to make friends. You're there to make money. But also, this is something that I have to implement, uh, uh, share with y'all that God had dealt with me on that really, really, really caught my attention. Sometimes when we at work, I found out sometimes those things that we deal with at work, sometimes those are opportunities for character building. Character building and also character revealing. Character building and also character rebuilding. Character building and character rebuilding. Why do I say that? I'll share this with you. I didn't have a clue why I was working at where I was working at. Uh, me working for the Dallas County Trust Department. I did not have a clue why I was working there. But I began to go there. Every, you know, every day I was assigned to go to work, I would go to work. Uh, I believe in doing my job. I believe in doing beyond what I'm called to do. That's just me. Family, we grew up with work ethics. Um, and and also one of the things I found out 
and having that work ethic, one of the things that I found out was when I began to start talking to God and ask him, you know, why am I here? Why am I here? Why am I here? And he said, I have to put you in the jailhouse. I have you to work at the jailhouse to prepare you for the church house. I was like, wow. Whoa. Like I said, this is me. I want you to ask yourself that same question, but most importantly, ask God. Ask God even where you at, where you working at right now. Ask God what was the, what is the purpose of you being there. And the reason why I said about the character building was because I was, my family would always call me, family and friends would call me naive. I would trust everybody. I would trust anything what someone would say. And so when I got to work, when I started working at the sheriff's department in the jail, I realized I couldn't trust everybody. Mm-hmm. Listen, Officer Prater couldn't trust everybody. Officer Prater had to learn to examine what was told by people, examine it to see if it was true, if it was authentic, or if it was a lie, and then deal with it accordingly. I said, okay, okay. So I began to start doing that. As Officer Prater, I was doing that, and I felt comfortable in doing that. And so let's just say as Officer Prater, I was getting a passing grade of an A. I was getting a passing grade of an A plus as Officer Prater doing his job. But as Officer Prater making an A at work, I was making an F outside of work. I was making an A in my professional life, but I was making an F in my personal life. Hmm. So in other words, with that F, I realized as me being outside of Officer Prater, I was getting food. I was, you know, missing stuff. I'm like, wait a minute, you know, getting duped. And listen, like I said, I ain't to my people that ain't saved. I ain't to my people who don't go to church. Until I go to professing. Oh, save and sanctify, filled with the Holy Ghost, they were Oh, I realized God was having me to be there for me to be aware and use the same principle that Officer Prater would use. I got to use that same principle in my own personal life as June. I'm like, oh, it's kind of like the technique of Mr. Miyagi was on uh, the Karate Kid. He was teaching, and I saw that's what God was trying to deal with me on because you cannot be effective in your ministry, in your witness, if you're allowing the devil to continue to run game on you. As believers, we're not naive. As believers, we're not weak. But a lot of times we hear the terminology, oh, I'm being me or the Bible told me to help Uh uh-uh God told you lay hands subtly on no man which means don't give your approval to people which means don't give your trust to people remember respect is given but trust is what trust is earned 
we have to understand that. And so when I begin to start realizing, I'm like, oh, okay, so God, I'm naive. And so you have me to be here for me to start learning, start learning. And also character building, character revealing or rebuilding and maturing. Sometimes we're so, like I said, so naive. And God is wanting you to be, quit being a walking mat. Quit being, well, okay, okay, uh-uh. Consult God about it. Did you get permission from God? That's something for us to think about. Did you get permission from God? Did God authorize you to help this person? Or did God authorize you to do this? Some people, well, you know, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to do the right thing. No, but did you do the God thing? Because doing the right thing is not so much of doing something, it's you being obedient to what God told you to do. And a lot of times we fail in that. So also, not only in the character building and maturing or revealing, but also being a being aware of how folks really are. God wants us to be aware. God wants us to be aware of how people are. See, like I said, God wants us to stop being naive and stop being people's fools. Wake up and smell the burnt coffee. You know, don't you know right now, I'm telling you from personal experience, there are some people think that Christians are so dumb. People think because we are sheep in the eyesight of God that we're stupid. No. We are the most intelligent people that God's created. But what we have to do, you have to understand, we have rights. God didn't want us to be a walking mat. God does not want us. And you know what? Most of the time, we allow ourselves to get used. God does not want us to be used. Don't you know, if God wanted to be a good steward, God told us he wanted us to be a good steward. And if God wanted us to be a good steward, why would he put us in, uh, why would he put a great demand on us being good stewards just for us to be wasteful with our time, with our talent, with our work, with our gifts? No. This is time for us to wake up and smell the burnt coffee. This is the time for us to be able to be aware. Understand, listen here, God has so much for us, but can God trust you with what he want to give you? But also, I know a lot of times, well, you know, I'm doing the right thing. Yeah, but can God trust you by you learning to tell people no? Telling people no. You know, I had somebody tell me years ago, they would ask me to do something for them. And I was like, okay, okay. Then there was another coworker say, oh, you going to do that? I said, well, yeah. Do you want to do it? Well. They said, do you really want to do it? No. Well, why are you doing it? Because they asked me to do it. But they said, look, they're sitting down. They could do it. They sitting down doing nothing, and they and come to find out it was actually a test. They were giving me a heads up. Hey, look, it, it, you know, 
when they told me because they were working together and they said, you know what, we need to teach this young kid something. I was, it was years ago. And so I said, okay. Okay, so I found that it was important for me to say, no, I don't want to do it. It's best for you to do it. That person had the ability to do it. That person had every right to do it. But they were trying to school me to let me know, hey, look here. While everybody else sitting down chilling and they're not doing their job, but you done with yours, or you've been ripping and running and doing yours, hey, you need to get up and do yours. I'm not doing your work. <laughs> you know, that's something for us to think about. Quit being used. Quit being a walking mat. So I had to open up and say that. So being able to be aware of the character building that God wants us to do, and also, like I said, being aware of who we're dealing with. And the people that we're dealing with at work and the problems that we deal with at work is preparing us for our ministry that God has for us. It's preparing us. But understand, if we don't pass the test at work, we're going to have to repeat it again. And also, if we, don't, if we don't pass the test at work, we may fail it at home. We may fail it at church. We may fail it in other areas. So these are the opportunities for God to, we always say, flex his muscles in our life for us to be aware. And you know what? What better way? for you to be able to see the power of God move in your situation that you deal with at work, in your situation that you deal with at home. Understand, this is the opportunity for you to exercise everything that you've been taught by God. Exercise it in your life. Exercise it, implement it in your life. This is the time for us to do that. Uh, as, as we get ready, as we get ready to uh, end, I'm going to put everything else on uh I'm gonna I'm gonna have someone to come in. Um there's someone that I'm gonna get on there's someone I wanna get on the phone and uh he actually he actually um I spoke to him today and matter of fact I ended up um going by the church and it was very refreshing for me to be able to hear this because if I can get them, if I can get them on the phone, then I'll I'll explain. But it's pertaining to the work. There may be people that may be looking for a job, and there may be people who may feel discouraged because they feel like, well, you know, I can't get no job, man. Uh, I got a felony and, and all this stuff. But this young man right here, he told me. I'm going to get him on the phone. This young man told me that is if there are others that may be looking for a job who may feel like they cannot um, find employment, he wants to tell them that he has a way for you to get employment. He has a way for you to get the employment that you have, that you may be looking for. So, so as I'm talking, I'm going to be calling him because I want to make sure that he give us some information for us to be able to really just help those who may be looking for a job, who may be feeling like, you know what?
Okay. Well. Okay. I'll go ahead and uh. Think about that. But uh oh, don't know how to hang it up. Okay. Okay. I don't know how to. I don't know how to. This is my first time calling like this. But um, good. Thank the Lord. Cut out. Okay. But that all that being said, um, I want each and every one of us to be able to uh look and take personal and take inventory of. Uh, our actions, our attitude, and even looking at what we may be dealing with at work, look at it as an opportunity for God to show himself strong and flex his muscles, but also for us to execute everything we've been taught about God, for us to be able to really just implement it into whatever situation that we're dealing with, especially at work. Um, one of the things that I always tell people, those that know me, I believe in us talk about topics that we as believers deal with. And I'm true enough, you know, we can, you know, we can say Peter walked the water, water was cold, chill my body, not my soul. That's fine and dandy. And we want people to come to Christ. But also on the same token, understand, accepting Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, we become saved. That's great. But we also have to talk about and deal with how to be able to walk this faith walk, how to be able to walk this journey in our walk with God in our Christian walk. That's where a lot of times we may need help with. You know, you know what I'm saying? We'll help us one another. You know, um, there may be someone that may be watching right now who may feel like, you know what? I feel like throwing in the towel. No, but we don't do that. There's no need for us to do that because we have power and authority. We have God on our side and understand this. As believers, we may deal with some of the same thing as non-believers deal with, but there's a difference because as believers, not only do we have hope, but we have Jesus Christ with us, not only to see us through, but to carry us through. We have somebody with us versus someone who is not a believer who are by themselves, and sometimes they may submerge in their problems and never come out. But we as believers of Jesus Christ, we have help. We have support. So um, before we get ready to pray, I'm going to on the phone line, and uh, for those who may want to um, say something, I'll give them the opportunity to, starting with the first caller. How you doing? Welcome to Rick Mahal Podcast. You're on the air. Hey, how you doing? Is that me, June? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, hey. You're here. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't know... Uh... Hey, man, it's just another awesome show. Uh, you hit a lot of key points, man, and, um, you know, uh, you you actually helped me with uh, a, a deal that I got going on at work. I took a class, uh, took a crime scene class um, this week. Well, long story short, um, there was a guy in there, man, you know, when you take these classes, you with all different departments, you know, all different police departments. Well, he just kept putting our department down. I mean, he's a part of my department, but he just, you know, just kept putting it down. And so, um, you know, I was trying to figure out a way to talk to him, but also let the administration know to tell the officers when we're out 
like you like what you said, we're representing that company. So when we're out there representing that company, we need to be putting our best first of all representing God, number one. And then secondly, we represent that company. And I just want to bring it to his attention. I'm not trying to get the guy in trouble. I'm probably going to go to him personally and talk to him. But when talking to the supervisor, I'm just going to say, let's tell the officers when they're taking these classes, don't go out here downgrading the chief, downgrading the captains. You know, that's in-house stuff. What we talk about in the locker room, let's leave it in the locker room. So, so if we're a family, right, let's not put all of our business out in the street. You know, because we need one of the things you talked about is improving, and everything starts with you. And I think you mentioned that uh, um, in, in your message tonight. Everything starts with you, then God, then you start to branch out. You know, um, not sure if this person is, is a Christian, but you helped me tonight, um, you know, kind of decide on which way I want to go with the gentleman, you know, because he just needs to understand that he's representing the department and he's out here downgrading the same people who's paying for his class, the same people who's putting food in his family's mouth. He's downgrading them. He's talking about them in a negative manner. And that's just, that's not something that this might be a saving grace for him because if it gets back to them, then he may lose his job. So I just want to thank you for your message. And, um, you know, you hit on a lot, a lot of stuff, man. I can't go back and recall everything, but awesome message. Awesome message. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, and you know what? That's, that's what it's all about, you know. Um, and, and me, sometimes I like to just talk about things that um, we often don't discuss. And, and um, sometimes we don't get a chance to really just go into detail sometimes at church. And so sometimes I kind of look at this as fifth quarter. Look at this as an opportunity for us to really just share. And you know what? To be honest with you, sometimes, you know, you'd be surprised who's dealing with some of the same things within the church. Sometimes us right. as believers, when we get to church, I mean, sometimes, and this is me, you might be all right, but there are times that I, I have to run the church because of this, the problems, the situations, the toxicity that I've dealt with Monday through Saturday. And sometimes, yeah. <laughs> sometimes Sunday morning, but I have to run to church because I look here, God, I need some answers. I need, I need you to speak to me. And sometimes what I found out, and this, this is what I found out, it really, really caught my attention. I found out peace is not going to come during peaceable times. Mm-hmm. Peace right. will come through the middle of pure D war. Yeah. You're like, oh, oh, okay, okay. And, you know, and this is me, though, though that no man, I, I don't mind telling my business. I, I swear with you earlier. But sometimes, even when I go through something, even if I, it be at work, it might be some, you know, anything pertaining to my life, the main place I try to run to, I try to run to a bathroom. <laughs> I got to run to yeah, a bathroom so I can hear. <laughs> It, it's yeah. like it, it's like I can go to any bathroom. I can go to a bathroom at Walmart. I can go to any public bathroom, private bathroom, or whatever, and just go in there just to close. And I have to talk to God. And 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 I and this is just me. I don't want. I don't like to guess or say my opinion. But 
one of the things that have taught me growing up, because a lot of times we may mm-hmm. feel like, well, you know, I don't have time to pray. I don't have time to, to do this and do that. But if you think about it, yeah. just in case those who may uh, try to uh, implement some type of regimen that they can get to talk to God or get into a routine of talking to God, think about this. Everybody go to a bathroom. So right. each time you go to a bathroom, how about you pray every time you go to a bathroom? You don't have to have no yep. long, drawn-out, <laughs> Peter Walter water, you know, oh, heaven is fine. No, no. Just talk, just talk to God and say, look at God, look, God, I need you. And doesn't mean yeah. every, that doesn't mean that something is wrong, but if you're in a relationship with someone that you love, someone that you dig, somebody that, you know, your boo or your boo thing or whatever like that, every mm-hmm. chance you get, you're going to try to grab your phone to text him, hey, thinking of you. All that stuff. Mm-hmm. But how about we do the right, same thing right. and giving God those spiritual love texts? In the That's you know, right. we, like I said, we go to the bathroom. So each time you go to a bathroom, allow there to be an opportunity to give God a spiritual text back and say, "Hey God, thank you. Hey God, I yes, appreciate right. you. Hey God, I'm blowing mm-hmm. kisses to you." Use that time That's for right. us to do that, and what happened? It creates more intimacy. And mm-hmm. that might be right. that might be the reason why you know it's like when I go to a bathroom I hear God because <laughs> I try to use that as an opportunity to say you know what God I'm coming to you that doesn't mean that something's wrong but I'm coming to you because you are all right mm-hmm. so I, mm-hmm. I just I just had to share that oh yeah and I and I say as you get older. You're going to be praying a lot if you use that theology. <laughs> yeah. Look here. You you be here to the all the water I drink, I go to the bathroom just about every three minutes. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but I appreciate you, and we're going to get a chance to yeah. talk off the air. Okay. Sounds good. God bless. All right. All right. Take care now. All right. We're going to go to the next caller right now. Hello, welcome, Hello? welcome, welcome to Reconnect My Heart. How you doing today? Can you hear me? <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Ah, yes. I'm so happy to be here. Well, first of all, um, I'm not going to be long. I just wanted to let you know, I kind of wanted to give you a shout out. You know, I really, really, really love how real you always keep it. You're very raw and uncut, and you just get to the meat and potatoes without sugarcoating anything. So first of all, thank you so much for that. You're always true to yourself, so thank you so much for that. <laughs> okay, here I am. Wow, I appreciate you. Uh-oh, I got the feedback. I thank you so much. That means a lot. Absolutely. Well, um, the only thing is I was going to say kind of a piggyback on what you said was what really came to my mind first and foremost was like you um, was really uh, John 15, you know, where he says, I am the true vine and, you know, you're the branch. The thing is like that whole chapter basically just screams like abide, like remain in me. So it's funny that you mentioned about going to the bathroom and talking to God. And it's like, you know, you don't have to make a cute little prayer like, you know, our father that's in heaven. You know, you don't have to do that prayer. It's just conversation with God, you know, hanging with him. That's what abiding means, right? Like to remain in him and, you know, to just walk with him throughout the day, look for him. Like as Colossians 4, 2 says, like be watchful and prayerful and, you know, to just make sure you're on your toes. And one of the main ways to make sure you're on your toes is to 
stay close with Jesus. I feel like, um, you know, like a child, like when they're scared and they're at a place, like in a foreign place, and they've never seen any of the people around them, they're holding their, their mom or dad's hand very tightly, right? Well, that's kind of like how we have to be, like more um, very dependent on God. You know, it's not so much where the older we get, the more independent we become. It's like the older we get, the more dependent we become, you know, on Christ. So it made me think about that. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to go on a tangent, but your whole conversation or your whole topic for tonight, which was, you know, about a whole lot, the main thing that I got that screamed out to me was really John 15, like remain in me because, I mean, honestly speaking, nowadays especially, you can't afford not to be in contact with the Holy Spirit 24-7. You know, you need to, you need him to be able to guide you whether or not you should go and get gas at this place. Maybe you should get gas somewhere else, you know. Maybe there's an accident that, you know, that's awaiting you, and you, you don't know that. And you, got, you, you wouldn't be able to see that because we have only a finite perspective. But, you know, just staying close contact with God and just really hanging with him and just making sure that, you know, we're abiding in him and not losing sight of him would really, really help, like, in general, in the workplace, in, their per- in your personal life, and just in general. So thank you so much for your message. I appreciate it. You know what, um, even speaking to you, um, one of the things that I was thinking about, it made me think about the the people of old, the seasoned saints, not the old saints, but the seasoned saints. It made me think about whenever they would um, do things, even when they would have problems, whatever like that, they didn't do any complaining, but you always hear them humming or singing a song. You know, the Lord will make a way somehow. You know, just something. You're like, yeah. wow. You know, and it make you think, you know what? They wasn't crazy. They wasn't naive, <laughs> but they knew where the help nope. was coming from. But it's us. Mm-hmm. We have all this modern technology. We have all this stuff, and we ready to chicken troll somebody as soon as they look at us crazy. You know, so... <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like, you know, it, it just so mind-blowing. But you know what? You know, even what you were sharing, God wants us to come to him. That That's the cool thing about it. We know, we serve a God right. that's not uh, that's not um, not approachable. He, he's very approachable. He's not standoffish. He wants us to come to him, you know. And, and I was thinking about even when Peter, when Peter, your favorite, Peter, when he was drowning, <laughs> You know, when he was drowning, he didn't have time to say, you know, our father with John in heaven, uh, the father of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. No, he like, Lord, save me, you know. And that's <laughs> what we need to do, you know. So, yeah, I, I really, really, really appreciate those nuggets. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing your spiritual nuggets. I'm full now. <laughs> 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 well, I appreciate you. I appreciate you, and also I, I will tell you, um, we praying for. Matter of fact, with everyone that may be watching, may be listening, um, I'm a matter of fact. I'm gonna, I'm gonna share some with you in a minute. Give me one second. Um, there may be people that may be watching. There may be people who may be um, feeling like you know what. Monday. Oh, I got some Monday morning blues. Man, you know what? I just thought about it. Lord, thank you. I never even think I didn't even think about this. Today is Sunday. Okay, that's obvious. I I just thought about that. But tomorrow is Monday. Tomorrow is the beginning of some people work week. 
And what better way for us to start our work week than for us to be aware that there is spiritual warfare at the workplace, but also we're going to the war field, but we're going equipped. We're going to the war field, and we're not going by ourselves. And so I want each and every one of us, regardless of where you work at, I want each and every one of us to have our workplace up before God, also to have ourselves up before God, because there's no need for us to pray for the workplace and not ask God to help us and pray for ourselves, because there's an assignment that God has for us, even while we're at the workplace. And it ain't going to take God long to move. And when you get out the way, then guess when God can get into the way. So as we get ready to pray, first of all, those who may be watching or listening, just in case you're not saved and you're wondering, hey, what must I do to be saved? Romans 10 and 9 tells us, thou shalt confess the Lord Jesus Christ, thy Savior, and believe in the heart that God has raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. But also in the same token, my prayer for those who may be watching, who may be listening, who may get ready to go on the job, but they're just starting, I'm praying for God to equip you and to encourage you that no matter what you may face, understand you're not facing it alone. And also, even when you deal with people, even when you deal with problematic people, regardless if it's from the supervision on up or from your coworkers on down, regardless of who they are, they're not going to fake you. They're not going to shake you. They're not going to make you break. Understand, you are there. If God sent you there, he sent you there for you to stand your ground, but most importantly, for you to understand who you are, regardless of them not knowing who they are. Even if they don't know who you are, you know who you are and know your purpose and your assignment of you being in there. And we're praying right now. Do you have the Father? We ask you, Lord, right now, God. You see the needs, the concern of your people right now, God. We speaking, God, that you meet every need according to your riches and glory right now. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we're speaking right now. There are those who may be listening or watching, God, who may have had problems at work, God. They didn't know how to handle it. Even some who may have dealt with some problems, God, and may not have handled it the right way, God. God, we ask you, God, to forgive them, God. Help them, God, to forgive themselves, God. And, God, we speak it right now, God, that you help us right now, God, in every area of our lives right now, God. Move in a mighty way, even pertaining to the workplace right now, God. God, we speak it right now, God, that you let your whole Holy Spirit, hover around, God, not just at the workplace, God, but within us, God. Help us, God, to establish change, God. Help us, God, to create change for God, not just with lip service, God. Help us to have the actions, God. Help us, God, to best represent you, God. Help us, God, to be the punctual people, God. Help us, God, to be responsible people, God. Help us, God, to not profess our our, our, our uh, relationship with you, God, but help us, God, to live it out right now, God. Not just lip service, God, but help us, God, with the actions, God. In the name of Jesus, help us, God, to be the representative that you have for us to be right now, God. In the name of Jesus, and we bind everything the devil stands for, we counsel the devil's assignment right now. In the name of Jesus, and we thank you, Lord, for deliverance right now, God. Even those who may be working light, even uh, uh, working with mandatory overtime, God, we speaking, God, that you bring in help, God. 
get, bring in help, bring in support right now, God, in the name of Jesus. God, we speaking, God, for those who may be dealing with problematic supervisors, God. We speaking, God, that you come in, that you intervene right now, God. God, we speaking, God, that you minister right now, God, to that person who may be struggling, God, to the person who may be suffering right now, God. And we speaking, God, that you even intervene right now, God, in the name of Jesus. Soften the heart of, the, of their supervisor, God, who may be unconcerned, God, who may not even care right now, God, in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, we thank you, Lord, even for allowing us to, uh, to be on our assignment, to be on our post right now, God, and be the effective ministers that you have for us, God. And even ask God to help us right now, God, to look at these as teachable moments right now, God, and help us, God, to pass the test right now, God, in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, for purpose that you have us to be there right now, God. Help us, God, to fulfill it and execute it with excellence right now, God. In the name of Jesus. And Lord, we even speak right now, God, those who are grieving right now, God, comfort them, be with them right now, God. In the name of Jesus, help them and help them to understand, God, that you did never leave them or put them right now, God. You did not abandon them, God. So God, we ask you to help them, God, and comfort them now, God, in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we're speaking right now, God, even to that relative that's missing right now, God. God, we're speaking, God, that you that you help the family right now, God, to find them right now, God, in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, for everything you've done, everything you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. We say amen, amen, amen. Before we get ready to leave, um, I, I do want to uh, bring up something. Um, first of all, for those who may be, um, want to get in contact with me, I'm Brother Prater. I'm on Facebook, uh, B-R-O-T-H-E-R, Prater, Piers and Paul, R-A, Piers and Tom, E-R. Uh, you can see my daily devotions and videos, also my personal appearances. Also, if you want to go to the store section, uh, you want to go to my website at brotherprater.com. You are going to go, so, uh, go to my website and, uh, you can go to, uh, my daily devotion or upcoming events or personal appearances. Also, as we get ready to close, um, I found this out yesterday. I have a relative. I want this to go out to many people as possible, but I have a relative. Her name is Rochelle Wilson. Rochelle Wilson. Uh, She's been missing uh, the last time her mom saw her. Her mom is Yolanda Wilson, uh, last time my mom saw her was July 30th of 2021. And uh, her cell phone, her credit card was last used in Houston on August the 11th, the 11th. And now it's August the 15th. And her family have not heard from her. If you have any information, please, please, please contact Detective Andrews, Detective Andrews at 214-671-1620. I'm going to pull up a picture, um, picture of her right quick. I want to make sure that uh, we see. This is her right here. Um, this is another picture of her right here. So, 
So please, 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 um, this is praying time. There are there are some mean people that are out there. There are people, there are people that just don't care. There are people that have lost a love of God and love for people. There are people that hate, and you don't have to you don't have to do anything for people to hate you. And this is something that it is a very 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 important time for us to pray. We need to be praying. So uh, if you know any information, please. You know, if you can't remember the information, you can feel free to inbox me, call me. I don't care. The main thing is finding this young lady, finding Rochelle Wilson, and for her to be able to be back with her family. And so keep us in your thoughts and prayers. Keep the family in your thoughts and prayers. And, you know, unless you've been in that situation, you never know how that family feels. So this is definitely a time for us to be praying. I want to thank each and every one of you all who tuned in. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to Reconnect My Heart podcast. God bless you and good night.